Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. This is the place where if it is happening in the world of Christian historical fiction, we are talking about it. And we have a wonderful return guest with us today. The great Rachel Fordham is with us. I enjoyed speaking with her last year. It was a great interview that we had then. And she's out with a new book, Where the Road Bends. And it just so fantastic, you guys. And you're going to love the interview that we have coming up with Rachel. Before we dive into that, you all know the drill if you've been here. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. That way you'll get notifications when new episodes release, which is just about every week. And you don't want to miss out on anything that we have planned, anything that we have coming up. We have some great guests, some great topics. I'm going to do some topics where you get a little bit more input. So stay tuned for that. Speaking of that, please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under Christian Historical Fiction Talk, because we're talking over there, we're chatting, we're asking questions, we're recommending books, we're having a lot of fun over there, so you don't want to miss out on that. So please follow us on social media. And I guess that's about all that I have to say about that. So with no further ado, I'm going to let Rachel introduce herself and talk about the book. So let's just bring her in. Welcome to the show, Rachel. It is so good to have you back with us again. Thank you for having me. Now, I recall from when you were here a year ago, I was just looking, you were here on like June 2nd last year. So it's been almost exactly a year and you live on an island in Washington state. So how are things on the island? (laughs) Everything here is good. Uh, Like I told you before the show, they're busy. Like we have a new little, a little foster guy. My kids have since COVID have been homeschooling. So there's a lot to juggle, but it's all, it's all good stuff. I feel like, I feel like somehow I just keep ending up with more time. Somehow I'm getting it all done, but I don't honestly know how. God, that's all it is sometimes, honestly. <laughs> that Absolutely. and a lot of coffee probably, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so for those listeners who didn't catch last year's interview, which I will link in the show notes, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I have been writing for, I was thinking about this the other day. I think I've been writing for about seven years. My first published novel came out in 2018. And I sort of, I'm sure I told you this last time, but I sort of just fell into it. It started when I was feeling really busy with kids and I felt like I wanted something like a creative outlet. And my husband said, well, why you read so much? Why don't you write a book? And it has just been a joy and a passion of mine since. And so that's that's my big fun hobby and more than a hobby, I guess. But my kids and family are are my my first love. Um, well, God and all those things too. But it has been it's been fun having them all home. It's been busy, but I feel like I'm just really cherishing all that time with them. We have a big piece of land. My kids play outside. We love to go to the beaches, go on vacations, road trip, travel, see the world. They're really really patient kids and love going to museums with me and. They are always like, Mom, I saw another old thing. <laughs> so they're, they understand <laughs> my passion for history. My husband is a dentist, which kind of tied into my last year's novel. And I do the book work for the dental office. So I guess that's a little bit about me. Wow. 
I, I don't know how there could be anything else about you because homeschooling and fostering and your children and your writing and bookkeeping and yeah. Do you sleep ever? Um, I definitely wouldn't mind sleeping more, but I tend to do things. I tend to do things in big spurts. So I will kind of not sleep and just write a rough draft really quickly. And then I let myself take big breaks too. So it's not your normal. I've never had the luxury of, oh, I work for three hours in the morning or something set like that. I tend to just all or nothing tasks and somehow get things done. But maybe someday I will get to have a nice little writing schedule that's, you know, easy to navigate. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) So your newest book is Where the Road Bends. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I am excited about this one. I wrote it at the very, very beginning of the pandemic. My husband's office was closed. They could only see emergency patients. So he was home. We didn't know how long that was going to last. My kids were just sent home from school. You know, they were doing virtual schooling. And so of course it was the perfect time to write a novel. And I really, really, I really loved writing this novel because it's about characters who have very unexpected things happen to them. And so it was very I mean, really, I feel like these characters were kind of my friends during this uncertain time. And I was I was helping them navigate the bends in their road. I was at the same time trying to, you know, like we were, I wouldn't say that we were afraid, but we were definitely like, how long is this going to last? Like, when will we get to work again? What do we do about schooling? I mean, there was just a lot of unknowns. And so I feel like my life and the characters' lives are very different, but there were definitely some parallel things happening. So... This novel was very loosely inspired by Les Mis, which I love. And I love the idea of someone's life kind of changing because of one decision. And so this novel sort of explores how that one decision changes someone and also, you know, the good and the bad that comes from that. So it was a a really fun storyline, right? My main character is about to get married in order to save her farm when she finds someone injured on her property and she makes the decision to bring him in and help nurse him back to health. And that's kind of a kind of the kickoff of how the story gets going. Now, it's fascinating that you would say it's loosely based on Les Mis because so many reviewers have said that there are all kinds of references to Jane Austen's persuasion in this. Was that purposefully done or was that a little accidental? Oh, yeah. So I mean, it's definitely, I honestly don't know that most people will pick up on the lame is that was more of my like, me thinking when I was exploring like what to write. For the persuasion, it's a quote at the beginning of the book. And then later on in the book, she loves that novel, and they read it together. And there's a lot of parallels in persuasion to the characters lives. And so it's fun, because, you know, he's kind of like, I'm trying to think of the lines in there, but she, somehow they're having a conversation and, you know, she's like, it's not fair. Like you can't get mad at her, you know, for making this mistake. Her whole life doesn't have to be miserable. And he's kind of like, well, then why does your whole life have to be miserable? And I totally butchered my own book and my own quote, but they have this whole conversation (laughs) and it's, it's paralleling persuasion and how, you know, the characters, which in a way is sort of like Les Mis as well. You know, you've got a character who made a choice to say, no to Captain Wentworth. Luckily, he shows back up. But that decision, you know, was also one of those defining moments in those characters' lives. So 
So would you say that sort of the theme or what you want to get across to your readers is about these defining moments in our lives and making good decisions or how God can redeem our bad decisions? Yeah, I mean, I think that... I mean, ultimately, I hope that they just, that readers just feel, you know, thoroughly entertained and swept away by the novel. But I hope that when they, like, stop and think a little bit more about it, I hope that they would also get the takeaway of, you know, sometimes hard things lead us to good things. Sometimes we make mistakes. I mean, just to think about kind of our path in life and how different things have gotten us where we want to go and maybe think also about you know, judgment and how we judge other people. Because our main male character, Quincy, he used to be like a boxer, like not like a professional like type of boxer, but more like in your back alleys where it's not a good environment and people are betting and it's just kind of, it's not a good place. And that's kind of where his story was prior to falling into Nora's life. And, you know, she's able to believe in him and that he can have a different future. And And in my life, you know, I've really noticed that with people, particularly, you know, in the foster care world, like getting to know like bio, the biological parents and stuff of these children and not necessarily agreeing with their decisions, but really coming to realize that there's always a story behind why people end up making the decisions and stuff they do. And just to have a lot more compassion for that journey that they are on. I love that Quincy is sort of a back alley boxer. I love it when authors put in a really unique occupation or hobby or something like that for their characters. And I don't think I've ever read a Christian fiction novel, at least not a historical one, where the main character is a boxer. How do you come up with something like that for your characters? Well, I do really enjoy trying to pull out things that would have been true to history, you know, that maybe haven't had a light shined on them. In this case, it's mostly backstory. We don't get, we don't get to see a lot of his boxing days, but it's referenced a lot. But later, you know, he, he uses that athleticism and they get into baseball, which there was sort of baseball fever at that time. And that was a fun thing to write about. I I think it's interesting to write about things that people don't necessarily like have in their like 1800s box, you know, like people tend to think like bonnets and wagon trains. And so it's fun to like shine a light on some of these things that were a big deal in the 1800s, you know, to remind people that this was a big hundred year period, like, and it's a big country. So there was people, you know, getting into sporting events or getting into like, um, I have a novel that's not out yet that has roller skating also set in the 1800s. And So it is fun to find these little gems and put them in there and just sort of show people that, you know, there was more to the 1800s than wagon trains and bonnets. But yeah, I I think that his career is, is a fun one. And it kind of, when you hear boxer, I think you tend to think like kind of big, rough and tumble. So it, it fits his character. Yeah, that is fun. And you mentioned the baseball games. I, because I'm a history buff, knew that baseball was big in the later 1800s. How did you learn about baseball during that time? What kind of research did you do? Do you like baseball? That's why you put it in there? I wanted him to kind of get to use his, because later in the book, he is he's no longer a boxer. He's more of a businessman. Different circumstances lead to that. But I felt like I still wanted to showcase his kind of big masculine athleticism and 
and, you know, and the good side of competition in sports, you know, because it's sort of like frowned on at the beginning when they're talking about his past. And there's so many great things about sports, right? Like it's, it's done right. It's a lot of fun. So I have a book that is kind of trying to, I don't see it down here. I'm in my life. I'm in my library, but I don't see it, but it's something it's like a research book on 1800s. And so I was flipping through that, trying to find something that would kind of give my town kind of a unique, something unique that we haven't seen in novels a lot. And so when I was reading about baseball fever at this time, it made sense. But then the hard part was like trying to figure out what the rules were at that time, because they kept changing things and different places would pick up on different rule changes earlier. And so try to figure out what the rules would have been in like small town, Iowa, in 1880 was a little bit tricky. I think I got it right, but I think there was a lot of variance. You know, there wasn't as much uniformity in how the game was played at that time. That's a lot of fun. There are a lot of cameos or or a number of them in this book. Other characters from other books of yours that pop up in this story. Why did you decide to have characters making cameo appearances? Well, as a reader, which, you know, I mean, the vast majority of my life, I was a reader and not a writer. Now I'm, I still am a reader. I love it when authors not necessarily make them a series where you can't read them as standalone, but where there's little nods to other books. And so I always have a lot of readers reach out to me and ask, is there going to be a sequel to this book? Is there going to be more about these characters? And working with a publisher, you don't always get to decide whether or not you're going to write a sequel to a book, you know, that's kind of a team decision, but they've always been really supportive of me putting little nods to these other books. And so the timeline worked out really well to give a pretty solid reference to, well, I mean, it's not really lengthy, but it's definitely important to the book to yours truly Thomas and also a secondary character that people really loved in A Life Once Dreamed. It's probably one of the things I get the most emails about, like, is Sam going to get be in his own book? And so he's a prominent secondary character. And I think people who love him will be happy to see where he's at in this novel. That's so much fun. You're right. The little nods and fans of yours are going to pick up on these things and really love them. And that makes it all the more fun. Yeah, I hope so. Nora, your heroine is... A really interesting character. She's both strong and sweet at the same time. How did you go about creating a female heroine like that? And was that something that was fairly easy to do? Or is that sort of difficult to make them both strong and sweet and likable? She was actually one of the harder characters for me to write in this book. My very first draft, she was a little bit more maybe jaded by life at different points in the novel. And so, but if, if to me, it gave it a little bit too much of a, of a moodiness, like a mel I don't know, like it needed, it needed to be more upbeat. So I actually went back and from the very start decided to, to give her more of an optimistic like nature. And so I had to rewrite a lot of conversations where she wasn't quite so, but I still wanted to be true to like the trauma and things that she's experienced. But by giving her an optimistic nature from the very start, I think it worked to where, you know, like there are those people you meet in your life when something really hard happens, they want to spin it in a way where there's hope and things like that. And so I think that that by 
by going back and having her have that be one of her character traits early on, it works for later in the novel. And I really like it because by doing that, I think that we were, that I was able to create a dynamic character who is strong in the face of opposition, but also still very much, she still has like these very like gentle, sweet moments throughout the book as she's coming to terms with her own journey and falling in love at the same time. Now you say on your website that writing has become something, or maybe it was on Facebook, I think somewhere I saw writing has become something of a family affair. And you just recently had a big family camp. Can you tell us a little bit about how writing is a family affair and if this family camp plays any part in that? Yeah. So from the very first novel, I mean, the only people I told when I first started writing was, well, no one at first. And then when I was almost done with a novel, I was like, mom, I have to tell you something. And so I told my mom and then you know, I got to this place where I was like, I need someone else to read this and give me their opinion. And so the first people I went to were my sisters and my mom. And so they have consistently been my first readers since book one, which is actually not my debut, but the book I wrote before that. And so that's always been really fun. Like, and it's interesting, you know, you get to know people and you know, they're going to give you different types of feedback. My mom's usually just like, I love it. It's so good. (laughs) Um, And then I have other sisters who are quick to be like, oh, there's a plot hole or this or that. So it's, it's been really fun. And then, so they're involved that way. But as my kids have gotten older, they're very quick to grab books when they come. So I think so far, two of my kids have read Where the Road Bends and my oldest is like almost done with it. So, you know, they like to join in. They just told me the other day, cause we always make these silly previews, like movie previews. You can make them on an iPhone. And so they think that's fun. And they were like, we're going to make one for your book. So one of these days we're going to, the kids are going to create a book preview that way. It'll be fun. So yeah, it's definitely like they are very quick to cheer me on. If I have a podcast or some kind of meeting, they're very supportive of that. For As far as like family camp, it's definitely not about books, although they're always, everyone's always, so what's happening? Tell me about your books. But my that started, my parents when we first started having kids, so they first became grandparents, they were like, we want to like do a big camp every year and then you guys can leave. And me and my sister were like, I don't think you could handle all the kids. <laughs> so it sort of turned into <laughs> a glorified family reunion, but it's all about the kids. So there's a theme. We do like cook-offs and talent shows and they put on plays and we play capture the flag through the woods. There's a theme every year and it's we have matching shirts, we sign in. And it's one of my kids highlights of their years to get together with all this big extended family. And just like celebrate what's going on in each other's lives, make new memories, get silly and goofy together. So I guess in a way, you know, if you see good, healthy relationships in my books, you know, it's because I was really blessed to come from a family who values good, healthy relationships. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. And I can imagine that kids would just be crazy over getting to do all those fun things and to to put a theme and everything like that. Boy, that's that's a lot of work. Kudos to whoever puts all that together. (laughs) Yeah. My parents, they they spend a significant amount of time, you know, thinking and coming up with all of it. And it's it's really it's really wonderful. You've also made a lot of moves back and forth across the country. What are some of the places that you've landed? What's your favorite place? And what was the most challenging place to live? 
Yeah. So I actually, I started out living in Washington and then, you know, bounced around for college and, you know, we lived by my husband's family for a little while. We lived in New York. Probably the most challenging for me was we spent one year in Eastern Washington. My husband was doing a residency and I mean, there was, it was really nice in a lot of ways as far as like sunshine and fresh fruit. I mean, there's a lot of good things about it, but we only had one car and his residency was an hour away and I was pregnant and I was like sick all year. And my mom had cancer that year. I think it was just, and I didn't have any friends, you know, I felt very kind of alone that year. And so I guess in a way you could say it was like one of those bends in my road. I probably wouldn't have picked that kind of sort of hard, lonely year. At the same time, I really learned about myself that I could be happy on my own. You know, I had just left dental school. My husband was in dental school and we'd been really social. We'd had so many friends there. And so I got to learn a little bit about myself, but it was, it was a really, it was a, it was a hard year to, you know, I just, you never really, I never really felt settled there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we've lived a lot of great places. We really loved upstate New York and Colorado had a lot of great things about it. And we love where we are now too. Sounds great. So sounds like you've got all kinds of ideas and that you're working on something maybe. What's up next? I actually have a couple of novels that are written and sort of like figuring out where what's going to happen with them next. So I'm not positive on those. And I really love them. So I'm, I'm anxious to be able to tell you guys when they're coming out. I also am currently working on a book that takes place in the 1920s, which is a totally different time period for me. But it's, you know, it's romantic and it's got some shared letters. And I was trying to think of a way to describe it. I'm like, it's kind of like Romeo and Juliet meets You've Got Mel, meets Upstate New York, meets 1920s. So (laughs) I haven't come up with a great log line yet, but I'm really, really having fun writing it. That's great. Well, we'll try to stay in contact with you so that we can find out when your next book releases and speaking of that, if people would like to do that so that they don't miss out on the next one, how can they go about connecting with you? Yeah, I try to stay active online. So on Facebook and also on Instagram for my website, rachelfordham.com, you can sign up for my newsletter and I send it out roughly once a month. No promises on that. And there's usually a giveaway. So I think I said this last time because I really, really believe it. Like, My favorite part of writing is that it connects me to people that wouldn't have been in my life without it. And I just think it's really beautiful that these words like that I pour my heart over, like bring all these great people in my life. So I would love to connect with anyone. That sounds great. Well, it has been wonderful to have you, Rachel. We have enjoyed it so much. We'll keep our eyes out for your next one and you'll have to join us again when that releases. I would love that. Thank you. Again, our great thanks to Rachel for joining us. She was fabulous to have, and hopefully she will be back with us very soon with another new book. If you would like to find out more about Rachel or about Where the Road Bends, or if you'd like a handy link to be able to purchase the book for yourself, then head over to my website, which is liztolsman.com, and all of that information will be there either on the front page or on the podcast tab. So be sure to check that out. Also, while you're there, if you would be interested in supporting Christian Historical Fiction Talk and helping to defray some of the costs associated with producing a podcast, 
then please join my Patreon. You will get some special bonuses and a shout out on the podcast and lots of behind the scenes things that other people don't get to see. So please consider helping out Christian Historical Fiction Talk in that way. Next week on the show, oh, you guys, we have Jamie Jo Wright is back with us. She was one of the very first guests on Christian Historical Fiction Talk almost two years ago now. I can't believe that I let two years go by between appearances from Jamie, but I'm rectifying that, and she will be with us next week talking about her new book, The Souls of Lost Lake, and it is spine tingling and goosebump inducing just the way all of Jamie's books are. And it is getting nothing but rave reviews. So you are going to want to be around next week for our conversation with the absolutely fabulous and so much fun to talk to Jamie Joe Wright. That means that if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe because you don't want to miss out when that one drops. You'll want to hear that right away. I thank you so much for the time that you give each week listening to the show. I thank you for sharing with your Christian historical fiction loving friends and family. And I love when you share on social media about our programs. I do appreciate each and every one of you. I hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you next time. 